because I cannot sing in the natural. So when it comes to some things in, in the natural, we are limited. We are limited by our physical capabilities. I'm looking around the room. I don't think anybody in here is probably going to be in the 2018 Olympics, the Winter Olympics. So we, there are things that we are limited in, in our physical body. But when it comes to God, whoo, when it comes to God, our lives and situations, nothing is impossible. We can take the limits off because our God is unlimited. The Bible tells us, actually, over in Luke 137 in the Amplified, for with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Have you ever got a word from the Lord? Amen. We have his Bible. We have the Bible, 66 books of the word of God. But sometimes maybe when you're praying, he drops something in your heart. And in the natural, you like, "Ah, I don't see how that can ever come to pass. But with God, with God. Nothing shall be without power or be impossible of fulfillment. Say this with me. With God. With my God. Nothing shall be impossible. One translation says nothing will be impossible to him that believeth. Do you believe God? Do you believe his word? Then that means when we hook up. With what God has spoken to us. When we hook up with the word of God. Then things that look impossible. Suddenly become possible. Maybe some of you would remember that old song. That we used to sing. God any rivers. That seem that you think are uncrossable. God any mountains. You can't tunnel through. I don't know if that's scriptural or not. But made a good song. God specializes in things thought impossible. And he will do what no other power can do. I remember a man of God giving this illustration that he was in the hospital. The doctors had come in and given him not such a good report. It was a very dire situation that looked like in the natural he was going to die. So they came in, gave him this bad report. And he said, as soon as the doctor walked out, another doctor walked in. And his name is Dr. Jesus. (laughs) Touched him. He raised up whole and healed from that hospital bed. God gets the final word. Whosoever believeth in him, we're not going to have to perish. But also, whose report will you believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. His report is greater than any report that man may give us. But God always, he always confirms his word with signs following. That's how we can know that we're on the right track. Speaking the word means that it's not going to return unto him void. And also that includes praying the word. Heaven stands at attention 
When we mention the name of Jesus and heaven stands at attention, when we declare the word of God in faith and in power, it does not return void. His ears are open to us confessing the word. His ears are waiting and listening for somebody to pray in accordance with his will, his plan, and his purpose. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1, the New King James. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. How many of you are thankful that no matter how deep a pit may be, some of your relatives tonight, they may be in a very dark situation, in a dire situation, and the pit looks very deep and it looks very dark. But this says the hand of the Lord is not shortened. There's no pit too deep. There's no place too dark that his loving, compassionate hand won't be able to reach down and lift people up. Amen. Amen. His hand is not shortened. There's no one too far away from God that his hand cannot reach and pull them back into the family of God if they've gone astray. Oh, I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful that he said this, that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that he cannot hear. His hands not shortened. He's not limited. There's no nothing in heaven that we can ask for that he says, oh, I'm sorry, we ran out of that. Answers to prayer are not rationed out. You never go to the throne room and hear, oh, I'm sorry. Kenneth Copeland just left. They had a big financial need. So the heavenly account is running a little low. Is there a grace period on your house payment? Could you come back in 10 days? No, you're never going to hear that. His hand's not shortened. He's not limited. The resources of heaven are all that we need. Everything that we need is in the Bible. It's in the promises of God. Or you're not ever facing a a, a physical attack in your body. And you go and you say, I'm confessing the word, Jesus, you are my healer. With your stripes I am healed. I know that I am whole. And you get the response, oh, wow. Wow. Reinhard Bonnke just did this huge healing crusade in Africa. Oh, wow. The healing river's almost dry. But if you'll come back in a few days, we'll get it pumped back up again. No. Aren't you glad? His arm is not shortened. His resources are not limited. And then what about this one? His ear is not heavy that he can not hear. God never falls asleep when you're talking to him. Even during some real long dissertation, even if you have a real boring monotone voice, God doesn't fall off to sleep, his ear get heavy. What'd you say? What'd you say? No. I have to admit that there are some preachers. (laughs) 
Pastor and I have a few favorite that if we're having trouble, go to sleep. He'll say, ooh, I found this new guy to listen to. You'll be asleep in 10 minutes. <laughs> Nobody in this church. Nobody you know. <laughs> but God isn't like that. He's not going to fall asleep. And you know what? By the way, I have never, ever had anybody come up to me and say, you are so easy to sleep to. Nobody ever tells me that they put my CD on and fall asleep. No way. <laughs> no way. Pastor told me one time he was listening to somebody. Yeah, a po- continuous iPod. And he was sleeping so good. And then he said, all of a sudden you came on and I woke up because of that boy. <laughs> well, hey, I'm in good company. God doesn't sleep. Praise the Lord. You know, let me tell you something funny. About preachers that can be a little bit boring. Now this is just a story. Y'all like stories. Not a true story. But I want to see if y'all are still here. So this bus driver and this preacher, they died on the same day. They go up in heaven. They're standing waiting to get in. St. Peter said to the bus driver, See that beautiful mansion over there in the distance on that hilltop? It's yours. Wow, he said. That's awesome. So the preacher was excited. If the bus driver got this beautiful mansion on this hilltop, he was just imagining what he was going to get. So he's standing there, and then St. Peter says to him, See that little cabin over there in the valley? He could hardly get the words out, and the preacher replied, But I was a minister. I was a preacher of the gospel. Why did that bus driver get a mansion, and I get this little cabin? Again, not scriptural, not true. But St. Peter sadly replied, Well, it seems, when you preached, the people slept. When the bus driver drove, the people prayed. (laughs) So this illustrates a point. Even though it's not true, not true, not true. There's no little log cabins in glory. But heaven puts a high premium on prayer. The bus driver got a huge mansion because when he drove, people prayed. It's important that people pray. Prayer is powerful and prayer is priceless. God is just looking for someone to give him entrance into the affairs of life, into your life, into your relatives. How about into our nation? We're told to pray. Pray for those that are in authority. We need to pray for our nation, not complain. Lift those up. Lift our president up. Billy Graham said this, Heaven is full of answers to prayers for which no one bothered to ask. Heaven is full of answers to prayer. To which no one bothered to ask. John Wesley said, It seems God is limited by our prayer life. Our spiritual father, Brother Hagin, when he heard that, he's like, How can that be? God's not limited by anything. No, he's not limited, but we limit him. We limit him by not believing his word. We limit him by not asking. We're told to ask. Ask and he'll do exceedingly abundantly above 
our highest prayer. Look at Ephesians 3.20 sometimes. Ephesians 3.20. Out of the Amplified. If you can pull that up actually. This lets us know how important it is for us to work with heaven. And to ask according to his will. And when we ask, it takes the limits off of God. Here it is. Now to him. Who by, in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and, look at this part, do super abundantly, far over and above what all we dare ask or think even, infinitely beyond our highest what? Prayers desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. It seems God is limited by our prayer life. He's looking for somebody to believe him, of course, but he's looking for us to ask and to ask big. And when we do, he's like, aha, I got somebody that's believing me. I've got somebody that's given me an entrance to work into their lives. They've given me access. They've given me uh, an invitation to come into the affairs of their life. And because they've asked me, they've asked as big as they can, and I honor their faith. But because I'm God, woo, I'm going to go beyond their highest prayer thoughts, their highest prayers. If when, if and when we ask in faith. Again, Billy Graham said, heaven is full of answers to prayers for which no one bothered to ask. That behooves me. That uh, encourages me. That compels me to become more proficient in my asking. How about you? That's right. John fifteen seven. If you abide in me and my bur- words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Do y'all hear that? John 15 to 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you will and it shall be done unto you. What's the criteria there? First of all, no, it's John 15, 7. First of all, that we abide in him and his word abides in us that's the criteria for answers to prayer and here's another one in John first John 5 verse 14 and 15 in the amplified on these and this is the confidence the assurance the privilege of boldness which we have in him We are sure that if we ask what? Anything. Make any request according to his will. Look at this part. In agreement with his own plan, he listens to and he hears us. I like that. In agreement with his own plan. Too often what we do is we make our own plans. We lay out our life. We plan things out. This is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going to live. This is who I'm going to marry. This is where I'm going to work. And then we say, by the way, Lord, 
can you bless my plan? That's in reverse. He said, come to me. If you abide in me, if you abide in me, come to me. Have a relationship. Have fellowship with me. Find out what the plan is. Then it will be blessed. You don't have to ask me to bless it. It's already blessed because it's in agreement with his plan. Now, verse 15. And if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions, the request made of him. Look at these powerful words in this passage. Confidence. Assurance. Boldness. Settled. Settled. Absolute. I like the word settled. Settle down on the promises of God. Settled. What are we settled on? Absolute knowledge. Knowing what the Bible says will cause you to be settled. And it will cause you to be stable in unstable times. Anybody in here agree with me that in the natural we're living in very unstable times? Unsettling times. But he said we can settle down. On the promises of God. And we can be bold. Bold. Hallelujah. He said it there too. We can have assurance. Confidence. And the privilege of boldness. Isn't it a privilege to be granted access? Maybe sometime, I don't know, maybe you were going to go to a special event and somebody said, you know, I've got backstage passes. You've got access where nobody else has this privilege or this access. And you're kind of like, whoa, I do feel pretty privileged right now. This is pretty awesome. But guess what, folks? We have the privilege of boldness to go before the throne room of grace. Hebrews chapter 4. What is it? 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne room of grace. Talk about access. Talk about privilege. We're privileged. We're not better than anybody else, but we are king. We are the children of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. It's a privilege. You know that? It's a blessing. But it's a privilege to know that we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. And that any time, any hour of the day, we have immediate access to that throne of mercy and grace. And we have that assurance that we can call upon the name of the Lord. And He does hear and He does answer our request. That's the assurance when we know that we're praying in line with his word. I know I'm saying that over and over, but that's so important. It is first base. This is the confidence. Again, verse 14, the privilege of boldness, which we have. We are sure that if we ask 
anything according to his will, he listens to and he hears us. The ears of the Lord, they're open unto the cries of the saints. And they really perk up when we start praying the word of God. He's like, oh, somebody's in faith. Somebody's believing me. Somebody's speaking the word. We got to get down there. We got to grant that request. Amen. E.W. Kenyon said this. I'm giving you some really good quotes tonight that are worth remembering. E.W. Kenyon said this. Prayer should be God looking down to earth and seeing a mirror reflecting his word back to him. Prayer should be God looking down to earth and seeing a mirror reflecting his word back to him. If we aren't confident and settled when we go to pray, then we have to do something. We have to school ourselves in the word of God. It's not faith and it's not scriptural when you pray to add, if it be thy will on the end. And many of us, that's all that we were taught. That's how we were taught. Well, you just never know Mm -hmm. what God's going to do. You never know what he wants to do. So when you pray, just to make it sound real spiritual, you have a list up here of people that needed healing. You lift them up, Lord, heal them, all of these things. And then at the end of it, if it be thy will. He said, you can know my will. Find out what the will is. Find a scripture that covers your case. We shouldn't go to the throne of grace and say, you know, my house payment is due, this bill, this, that, whatever. Lord, I'm asking you to meet my need according to your word, if it be your will. You just negated your faith. The only time we ever tack, if it be thy will, on the end of a prayer is when we really don't know what the will is. You know, you might be seeking the Lord. Lord, do you want me to take this missions trip? Or or do you want me to go over here and do this? And you can't find an exact scripture to cover your case. Then you can say, I'll go on that missions trip. Lord, you know, if that's what you have for me, I'm asking you to give me that witness. But that's the only time. Everything else, find it in the will of God. Amen. Impossible will become possible in light of God's promises. I heard someone say this. Know the promises. Pray the promises. Then you'll receive the promises. Know the promises. Pray the promises. And then you'll receive the promises. Anybody want to receive the promises? Amen. So we're covering tonight the importance of prayer coming out of that relationship and the importance of asking according to the will of God. And when we come to him, there are going to be things that we're not sure about in our lives, that things that, you know, when it comes to dedication and dedication and consecration and things that seem to be a mystery to us. There will be those times, but we can also tap in to revelation knowledge. This scripture in Jeremiah 33, three, I love this scripture. 
And we're fixing to close here in a little bit. Within the next probably five minutes, we'll be closing so we can have a time of prayer. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things fenced in and hidden, which you do not know. Do not distinguish and recognize, have knowledge of or understand. That word, those two words, fenced in, stood out to me. So I looked up the word fence. Fence is a barrier, but it's also a boundary. It's a boundary. You might have a fence between your property and your neighbor's property. And if they got an ugly little mutt, that fence says, this is a boundary. I don't want your dog crossing the boundary. It's fenced in. It's a boundary. And so I got to thinking about this, you know, from my farming days, that particularly in the winter, the cows would be out in the pasture. The grass is all brown and they don't have anything to eat. And my dad rented a, he rented a lot of land from other people. So we'd have to drive a ways to go feed the cattle over in this other pasture, not the one right by our house. And uh, I can still remember it to this day that as they would see his pickup truck, his Ford pickup truck, a lot of times I'd go with him. I was a little daddy's girl. I was a tomboy. I liked to be outside with the animals. Now I'm in the kitchen, but whatever, you know. It reversed. My sisters used to have to do all of the cooking and I was outside. Well, anyhow, I still remember it. We'd be driving over to this property, long fits, and these cows, it's like they recognized Daddy's pickup. They would see this pickup coming and you know what was in the pickup? Hey. A bunch of hay. And when they would see us way down at the corner of the property, they would run all the way down that fence, following that pickup till they got to the gate. Because they knew that when the gate was opened, they were going to get something good. They were going to get some hay. And as I was looking at that from this standpoint... God has got some great things to show us. He said, how did that say that there? He said, call unto me and I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know yet. And they're not hidden from us. They're hidden for us. And how do we tap into that? How do we access them? This came to me today. We find the gate. Because they're fenced in. And you know what the gate is? Prayer is the gate. They're fenced in. Not from us, but for us. But there's a gate that opens up the blessings. There's a gate that opens up those hidden things. There's a gate that will bring you revelation of the great and mighty things. That you have not yet seen. And it's called prayer. The prayer gate. And God's not just going to show you everything all at once. We couldn't handle it. But he will reveal to us what we need to know. And where we need to go. The things that are important. The steps that we need to take in our life. Can you handle one more scripture? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 
verse 9 and 10. Let me just say this. There's things that we'll never see, never know, never understand or receive unless we pray them through with the help of the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 and 10. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. A lot of people stop there and they just say, okay, that just reaffirms it. You're never going to know what God's will for you is. You can't grasp all that he has in store for you. He doesn't reveal everything to you. No, he doesn't. He can't show you your whole life at one time. It would blow your mind. He doesn't work like that. But God, verse 10, but God, this is what he will do. This is what he does do. He reveals them. He reveals those hidden things that we need to know to walk in his plan and his purpose. He doesn't want you to miss it in your life. He doesn't want you to miss it in your vocation. He doesn't want you to miss it in your relationships or where you live. And when we ask him, he said, I'm going to reveal it to you. I will reveal them to, to us through his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. The Amplified says God has unveiled and revealed them to us by His Spirit. My exhortation to you tonight, don't live in the dark. And don't let the things that God has for you Stay fenced up in the pasture. Open the gate through praying in the Holy Ghost. Through praying in the Spirit. When I say praying in the Spirit, you know, many people think, well, that's praying in tongues. And that certainly is a big part of it. Like I said on Sunday, I'm believing this is the year of the Holy Ghost and fire. This is a year when people are going to desire to be filled with the Spirit. So in the Spirit is, it certainly does mean praying in tongues, but that's not the whole connotation. In the Spirit is not just the way that we pray, it's the place that we pray from. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And they that pray to him must pray from their spirit and not out of their heads. So you can get in the spirit just praying in your own known language. You can bypass that head and start praying out of your heart. Brother Hagin said this about in the spirit. It is a place where you are more conscious of spiritual things, of God and his presence then you are natural things. You get out of your head. If you don't pray in the Holy Ghost, it's going to take you a little bit longer. I'll just say that. Because when you're praying in the Spirit, your heart, your head gets hooked up with your heart. And you're praying out of your spirit. You can. You can do it through worship. You can do it through speaking in the Word. However you need to do it, let's get to that place called in the Spirit. And let's pray out. Yes. 
those mysteries, those hidden things, those great and glorious things, those exceedingly abundantly things that he's got in store for us in 2018. Y'all believe it? Y'all receive it? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.